Hello and welcome to Living Word Ministries. We're impacting lives and changing the world. Join us as we dive into the Word of God. Father, that light is what we ask for this morning as we go into your word. That Lord, you will speak to us. None of us will go back to the same in the mighty name of Jesus. You will have a word for each and every one of us, child and adult alike. Yokes will be broken. There shall be restorations in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Good morning, family. You know, over the past week, I've been thinking, I think, but one thing came to mind. I didn't take a survey, but I can assure you that tomorrow, restaurants are going to be packed out like never before. Flower shops will probably have their best sale. Is that not true? Because of? Because of Valentine. Pardon? Valentine is coming. But aren't you glad that in the book of our almighty God, Valentine is not one day a year. It's every single day. Aren't you glad? I am glad that God doesn't say, oh, just one day. He hasn't even said, okay, just the day you were born is the day I would love you. The rest of the year, you're on your own. Day or night, before you were conceived in your mother's womb, I chose you. And because he chose us, he chose to love us. And he would love us till the end of time. That is the God that we serve. Now, let's start off with something different this morning. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you in a relationship? Yes. Oh, you are? Yeah. With who? God. With God? Yeah, and also with my wife. Okay. Okay. <laughs> are you in a relationship, Isaac? Oh, okay. We know the answer to that. Are you in a relationship? Yeah. With? My mom. With your mom? Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that. I know what your answers will be. <laughs> I need to find somebody else. Okay. Are you in a relationship? Not that I know of. Not that you know of. I really like that. Give me a high five for that. Good. Are you in a relationship? Um, no. No. So, James... And happiness are not... Oh, James said, not that he knows of. Happiness says she's not in a relationship, right? And I like those answers, right? Because when you ask people generally, are you in a relationship? They think about a romantic relationship, right? And actually, I did a test at home yesterday. I said, I asked Nikki <laughs> that question. The thing is, we are all in a relationship. 
from conception, every single one of us has been in a relationship. Whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, you are in a relationship. Even when people pack their things and decide to go and live on one remote island and say, I don't care if I never see anyone again. They still have to buy food. They still have to do things too so that they can live. So in one way or another, they are in some sort of relationship with somebody. But you see, the world has so twisted our minds that when we talk about relationship, we only think about romantic relationships. So this morning, um, you know, the Bible helps us to navigate, teaches us how to navigate our relationships. Every single relationship that we might have, either, you know, a romantic relationship, a spiritual relationship, a, a professional relationship, the Bible would has something for us to help us to navigate those relationships. And yes, you know, it's Valentine's period, but I'm not going to talk about Valentine's because I'm going to talk about the relationship that is the foundation of every relationship for every believer. And that is our relationship with the Almighty God. And that is the rock on which we will build, or we are supposed to build, or we must build every other relationship in our lives. Amen. So we're going to go back to our key scripture, 1 Peter chapter 4. And I'm going to read this in the message version first. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 8. Well, I'm going to start from 7 because it's the message. It groups it up. It says, everything in this world is about to be wrapped up. Now, do you remember that scripture from somewhere else? Romans? Romans, the key scripture God gave us. Romans 13. Right? Everything in the world is about to be wrapped up. It talk, told us about everything is coming to an end. We should be awake and we should arise and we should be alert. We hear it again now. It says, so take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. It says love makes up for practically anything. Another version says love covers a multitude of sins. It says be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Be generous with the help no, be generous with the different things God gave you, passing them on around so, uh, so all can get in on it. If it's words that God has given you, let it be God's words to encourage. If it helps ministry, help with a heart that is godly. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Christ Jesus. And he will get all the credit as the almighty, as, as the one mighty in everything. It says, and cause to the end of time. Now, I'm going to read the NLT version. It says, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Above all, and above all things, have fervent love for each other or for one another. 
For love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Each one has been each one has received a gift. Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracle of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. That in all things God may be glorified through Christ Jesus, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So last week we were talking about, you know, this uh, second half of, you know, our vision and that God has given everyone a vision. Now, wrapped up in that vision is love. Now, you cannot do anything for God outside that love. And that's why the Bible says that the love of God has been shed abroad in what? In our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And that is why it says, one commandment I give you, that you what? Love. That is the foundation of God's, you know, of our ministry. Everything is built upon the love of God. So it's not just for one day. It's for every single day, 366 days, when there's a leap year, of course. So from the very beginning of the scriptures, from Genesis, from the first, few, first chapter, you know, it is clear that relationship with God is the foundation upon which everything and every relationship must be built. So when we look at, let's, let's go to Genesis, Genesis 1, 26. And just to break it down a little bit more. Genesis 1.26. It says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the air, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Now, to rule is to ex exercise ultimate power and authority over an area, over people. So church, you have been given dominion. You have been given authority. You have been given power. Because you are, you've been created in the likeness and the image of Almighty God. So that means that whatever it is that God has, has been transferred to each and every one of us. Now if we don't use it, it's not God's fault. It's actually our fault. But God has already done what he needs to do. You are a carbon copy of me. And I have given you all the authority to trample upon serpents, upon scorpions, upon every power of the enemy. I have given you the authority to call forth, to root out, to pull down, to cast out. I have given you that authority. If we don't use it, it's our fault. And sadly, a lot of people will go back to God and ask God about certain things. And God will say, well, you had my word. I gave you power. I gave you dominion. I gave you authority. So we have these things. 28 says, it said, God blessed them. And said to them, 
Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. That's another word. To subdue is to have control. To rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant in the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruits with seed in it. They will be yours for food. So he's giving us power. He's giving us authority. He's giving us dominion. Now, what is he doing? He's blessing us. He's giving us provision. So I'm not going to leave you to go source for yourself. I am actually giving, you know, I've, the trees are there. The animals are there. Everything that you need to live a fulfilled godly life, I have given it unto you. So just to pull that bit together, you know, in creation, we're created in God's image and God's likeness. He's handed us reign to rule, to subdue, giving us authority, giving us dominion. And then now we're walking in the blessings of God. And he's giving us provision. So we're talking here about our relationship with God, which is the foundation on which every relationship must be built. You see, if we build our relationships on anything other than God, what we're doing is we're building on sinking sand. Because sooner or later, those relationships could break down if they're not built on solid, a solid foundation. And that's why we sing that song. In Christ the solid rock, I stand. What's the other part? All other ground is sinking sand. So if we don't build right, it's a matter of time before the storms of life, before the winds, before the sickness, before the joblessness, before all those things come blowing left and right. And that's why you see an oak tree, the foundation of an oak tree, I understand, goes deep down and, you know, spreads, you know, for miles. So that when the storms of life come, when the wind comes, when the hurricane comes, all it does is it tilts it, if at all it does. And then what? It gets back to its normal self. So if our lives are, if, if our lives are founded on the solid rock of Christ, it's not saying there won't be storms. There will be those storms that would come. But what would it do? It would just tilt us a little bit to remind us that God is still God. And then we get back. But in us getting back, we're able to strengthen somebody who's, who, who, who's been tilted by the wind to say, I have a testimony. When it happened to me, it ended in praise. Hallelujah. So let, we fast forward to chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2. We're starting from the beginning. Genesis 2, 16. Um, I'll start from 15. You know, so now we see God, right? Having created Adam in his likeness, in his image. He now gives him, you know, hey, hey son. Here's a beautiful garden for you. 
I want you to tend it. I want you to take care of it. Bible says, then the Lord took the man, Adam, and put him in the garden of Eden to walk it and take care of it. And God, the Lord God commanded the man, first instruction, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will what? Certainly die or surely die. Now, who was given that command? Who was given that command? Adam. So I want us to put that in perspective. Adam was given that command. Then the Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make for him a helper. And here comes Sister Eve. Amen? Hallelujah. Because so, some brothers will be putting rings on some Sister Eve's fingers tomorrow. Right? But in that happening, right, there has to be that openness. So I don't know, and the Bible doesn't specify, right? Now, Adam was given that instruction. When you look at chapter 3, who was deceived? Was it Adam that was deceived? It was Eve that was deceived. So why was Eve deceived? I don't know. Is it because Adam did not tell her what God had told him? I don't know. The Bible doesn't say it. But there's, possib there's a possibility. Or maybe he told her and she just did not get it. So that's open. But the point I'm trying to pull out here is that Eve was um, misled by the serpent. And as a result of Eve being misled, she ends up misleading her husband. So basically, what we see here is a relationship that has been broken with God. Because the consequence of that was that fellowship that God had where he came down every evening to fellowship with Adam and Eve. That fellowship was now rocky. That was broken. So the truth of the matter here is that every single human being is created with an intense hunger, you know, for relationships. You know, either you're a child, you're middle-aged, or you're an adult, or you've got full-grown gray hairs and you're ready to meet your maker. Every single person has a hunger for relationships, you know, either family relationships or romantic relationship, you know, no man's an island. You definitely need someone around you. And that is why COVID period was very, very difficult for a lot of people. Because there was a lot of isolation. And not everyone had um, a, a, a phone, a smartphone where you can video call or video talk or, or, you know, you could FaceTime. There were people that were in their homes on their own, lonely, which unfortunately increased suicide rates over that period. So it just goes to show. And that's why now there's an increase in mental health. 
So it basically goes to show that people are relational in nature. Amen? So, going forward on this, you know, you find that, especially, well, even, we, even in the Christendom, what you sometimes find is to fill that void, people turn to other things. To fill that loneliness, people turn elsewhere because they either don't know to turn to God or they don't want to turn to God. But people generally will fill the void with other things. And one of the things that they'll fill it with will be other people. Now, if these other people that we're turning to or you're turning to are people who have their foundation in God, then yes, you can turn to them for emotional support. You know, you can turn to them for, to fulfill your, you know, your physical needs, your sexual needs, you know, if you're in a marriage relationship. But one thing I can assure us of, no matter how close you are to anyone, no one, no one but God can fill the void in your spiritual life. Nobody can ever fill that void in your spiritual life. And you know, when God, God said this in, uh, through Jeremiah, Je uh, Jeremiah 17, he says, the Lord said, I will condemn those who turn away from me and put their trust in human beings, in the strength of mortals. You know? <laughs> so God is saying, basically, you must not put anyone or anything above me. The psalmist puts it this way. He says, the arm of flesh will what? Will fail us. Because human beings at their best are still human beings. As long as there's blood that flows through them, it's a matter of time. And people would not, um, people, I wouldn't say always, but people don't always intentionally mean to hurt you. But because we are different, God has created us differently, you will find that along the line, things could go wrong. I mean, we talked about Abraham and Lot last week. Now, does that mean Abraham's a bad person? No. Does that mean that Lot is a bad person? No. What it just means is that at that point in time, you know, God's vision for them was not going to connect. Hallelujah. Um. I'm sure this is not one of us, but I'm going to read out the registration number. DN58OKD. It's a red Nissan. DN58OKN. Red Nissan. You're blocking someone. Amen. So last week, we, we, we talked about, you know, Lot and Abraham. Now, they're, they're family. They're relatives. But at that point in time, God's vision was not going to work for both of them together. So they had to part ways. 
So that is why we should not put our trust and our hope in human beings. Amen. Now, another thing that people tend to turn to is things. You know, they buy things. <laughs> now, I, I've known people who, when they're depressed, what do they do? They shop. They shop till they drop. Money they have and money they don't have. They just shop. People buy gadgets. People buy cars to fulfill a void, to fulfill a loneliness. But have you noticed that even with all those things, it does not bring peace. It does not bring joy. It, well, maybe for a little while. People might say, well, I, you know, I enjoyed that car. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed having, I enjoyed going on the holidays. I enjoyed all the clothes. But it's, it's just for a moment in time. Only God can fill the void in anyone's life. Amen. And that's why the Bible says that we should not store up treasures for ourselves on earth. Where rots and moth, rust and moth destroy. And where thieves could break in and steal. It says, but lay up treasures for yourself where? In heaven. Where there will be no thieves. Where there will be no rust. Where there will be no moth to come and steal. Because the Bible says, what does it profit a man? If you gain the whole world. The mansions, the cars. And you lose your own soul. What does it profit? So what are those things that we're turning to to fill that void? The message passage puts it this way, and I, I like this. It says, calling the crowd to, to, to join his disciples, he said, this is Jesus. He says, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead I like that. It says, you're not in the driving seat. I am. It says, don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. I will show you how. I will show you how to be peaceful. I will show you how to make money. I will show you how to be happy. I will show you how to walk that road. I will show you how to do life. Amen. Follow me. He says, self-help is no help at all. I did it my way. He says, self-sacrifice is the way. It's my way. To, say, to saving yourself, your true self. He says, what good, what good would it do to get everything that you want and to lose you, the real you? What could you ever trade for your soul? Amen. What can you trade for your soul? The maximum? 100 years? 110? If you're fit? What is that compared to eternity? Nothing. A day, in, a, a, um, a day in God's court is what? A thousand elsewhere. 
So the other thing that people turn to is religion. Now, and this might shock someone when I make this statement. God is not interested in religion. How many of us agree with that? Oh, well, praise God. God is not interested in religion. He is interested in relationship. That is why he came. Because when you look at it, the religions out there are full of rules, do's, and don'ts. And a lot of people follow religion and forget the relationship. So God wants us to have a relationship with him. More than, you know, oh, I have to pray five times. Oh, I have to do this six times. Oh, I have to fast. Um, uh, oh, you know, all these things can be rules that put us in bondage. And we forget the essence of the intimate relationship that God wants with us. You know, we have a God who is spontaneous. Look at what happened this morning. Our God is spontaneous. You cannot box him up. And that is why when you look at the Old Testament, even the New Testament, how God did things with certain people was not how he operated with others. Every single person is unique. As unique as the DNA that each of us carry. And that is why, you know, we have something in, my, in, in, in the Yoruba language that you cannot work by somebody else's clock. Because I might have put my clock five minutes forward or ten minutes back for whatever reason. And then you come ask me, oh, what's the time? And I say, oh, it's actually 12.30. Is it 12.30? Is it 12? Is it 12.30? No, but my clock is telling me it's 12.30 for a reason. And that is why it's always important. Everyone, have your own charger to plug into the socket. Because if you use my charger, it might not work. But you know you bought, you bought the real authentic charger. And you know that if you plug it in, it must work. Figuratively. Hallelujah. So God wants an intimate relationship with us. A talking, listening relationship. Not just talking. Because a lot of times we go to God with our shopping list. And we reel off our shopping list. And we're done. And we turn around. And we're waiting for the answer. But God, it's a two-way conversation. When you come to me, I would listen. And I would want you to listen when I'm talking. Let us do this together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, God understands that we will not always be able to live at peace with everyone. And he also makes provision for that in scripture. And that's why he says, as much as it depends on you, as far as it depends on you, do your best to live at peace with everyone because he knows 
that with some people you might not be able to live at peace with them because he's given us a free will. So I'm just going to give us a few points this afternoon on the benefits of having a foundation in God. The first thing is that God is relatable. Amen. Because there is nothing that you or I have or will ever go through that he has not been through. It says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has in every respect been tempted as we have, yet without sin. So I'm going to ask us, can this be compared to your other relationships? Has every friend of yours, your wife, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, have they been through everything you've been through? No. So there are times when you share things with people. All they can do is empathize with you. And everyone's situation is different. They might have been through something similar, but not exactly what you've been through. But God is saying everything you've been through or you ever go through, I've been through it. And because of that, I'm able to hold you by my righteous right hand and lead the way. Our God is a reliable God. Amen. The psalmist says, I will, Psalm 132, um, 138 verse 2. He says, I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name. Why? Why would I worship? Why would I praise? Because of your loving kindness and your truth. Because you have magnified your word above your name. The Bible says a good name is better than silver or gold. But God is saying that even my word I have elevated above my name. So that means that you can take my word and you can say, God, this is what you have said. And it will come to pass. How many of our relationships are this reliable? Let's be honest with ourselves. Oh, I changed my mind and there's nothing you can do about it. Or, did I? No, I didn't say that. No, you misunderstood me. You, were, Steve, you weren't listening to me when I was talking. Or you drew your own conclusions. Because we want to get out of it. But God doesn't play that game. If he has said it, that settles it. So we have a God who is also very reasonable. He is always willing and is always ready to reason with us. Amen. And that's why in the book of Genesis, when God said to Abraham, will I do something and not tell my friend? This is what I'm going to do to Sodom and Gomorrah. What does he do? He springs into action, pleading on their behalf. And God, the Bible says, God reasoned with Abraham. Because Abraham is his what? His friend. 
So if I'm God's friend, God will tell me what he's doing. But is God my friend? It's a two-way street. Because God can call us his friend, but if we don't want to be friends with God, he can't force us. You see, when Jehoshaphat, right, when the Ammonites and the Moabites were coming against him to destroy, and he called a fast, what did he do? He acknowledged the God of heaven. Ah, God, were you not the one that drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people, Israel? And you gave it to who forever? To Abraham your friend. Amen. You see, when we are God's friends, we don't even need to testify about it. Other people will testify about that relationship because they will see Christ in us, the hope of glory. Other people were testifying about God's relationship with Abraham. And to give us the creme de la creme of God's benefits. The, benef the highest, for me, the highest benefit of having my foundation in God is because he is a God of reconciliation. Amen. That was why he came. That is why we are here today. But for God, where would we be? Hopeless and helpless. But because of God's love towards us, he gave us his best. Romans 5 verse 8. He says, but God demonstrated, demonstrates. Wow. Demonstrates, not demonstrated, not in the past tense. He demonstrates. So tomorrow, he demonstrates. Next year, he demonstrates. It's a continuous process. So it's, oh, this, actually, I'm just seeing this bit, so I'm excited. So every single day, he continues to demonstrate. <laughs> in, our, in our relationships, you know, when somebody rubs off us the wrong way, it's like, come on, I'm, I'm done with you today, right? Yeah, we can get back tomorrow together, but today, uh-uh. But God continues to demonstrate his love towards us. In that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not only that, hold on, much more than he says, having now been justified. By what? By the precious blood of Jesus. He says, we shall be saved from the wrath of him. For if when we were his enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Hallelujah. So when we were sinners, he reconciled us. So now that we're actually his children, now that we're actually his friends, uh -uh, 
The Bible says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places on the right hand of God. With Christ interceding. Amen. It says, and not only that. It says, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we have now been, through whom we now receive, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, these are just some of the few benefits of us, you know, having our foundation in Christ. So yes, by all means, celebrate Valentine's. By all means, you know, celebrate each other. But everything we do has to be based on the foundation of the love of God. And when it's based on the solid rock, when it's based on that foundation, God would lead us. He will show us how. He will show us when. And he will show us how to profit in all areas of our lives. And that is the God that we serve. He's a God of hope. Hope to the hopeless. He's a God of patience. He shows us how to be patient. He shows us how to be gentle. And, you know, I can go on and on and on. You know, Jesus is our friend. He sees our relationship with him as a relationship of, of, of friendship. And that's why he says we are no longer slaves. Because the master does not share his secret with, the, with his slaves. But he shares it with his friends. Hallelujah. And that is why we're saying that, you know, if we say we love God and we do not love our brothers and sisters that we see, we're only lying. The love of God is not in us. God says, you know, I give you that one commandment. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. No greater love does a man have for a friend than to what? Lay down his life. No matter how much you love someone, you cannot lay down your life for them. Christ was the only one that did that. Once and for all. This is my command. Love each other. Hallelujah. Let every relationship be built on the foundation of Christ. He is the solid rock. He is the cornerstone. He is the pillar that holds our lives. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the one who knows everything, the past, the present, and the future. So today, I encourage you, if your relationships are far from what you desire, invite God into the mix. Let him teach you how to handle your relationships. Let him teach you how to lead the way, because he has modeled that for us. Hallelujah. You know, there's a song here. I, I know the Yoruba version, but I don't know how you sing the English version. I was, I was trying to look for it yesterday, and I couldn't find it. It says, there is no friend like Jesus in this world. Jesus is the only sincere friend, the friend of, the friend of this world who will one day leave us. But the Lord will never forget us. Amen. And that's why we sing that song, Closer Than a Brother, 
Jesus is to me. He's my everything. He's my solid rock. He's my shield. He's my hiding place. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's why God is saying, draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. So in closing, let our goal, our relational goals, our relationship goals, let them be built on Christ. Because every other relationship that is not built on Christ would crumble one day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's rise to our feet. Amen. Amen. I want you to speak to God this afternoon. And just speak to him about your relationships. Your relationship with God. Your relationship at home. Your relationship with your work colleagues. Any relationship that you want to invite God back into. Even if it's the way you, your connection with God. That you really need to reconnect back with him. And say, Father, I want you to be the rock on which I stand. Because I know every other sand will be sinking. I want us to come speak to God this afternoon. Father, I might have been a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter. But today, I am coming back to you. I'm giving my relationship back into your hands so that you will lead the way. You will be in the driver's seat. I want to have an intimate relationship with you, Father God. Intimate. Hallelujah. You called Abraham your friend. I want to be able to stand in that position as well. Because you did not hold back your plans from Abraham. So I know that you will not hold back your plans from me. If indeed I am your friend. You know, the Bible says of the church in Laodicea, in, in, in the book of uh, Revelations, it says you've become lukewarm. It says, come back to your first love. Lord, today we're asking, we want to come back to you as our first love. I want to be committed to you in my life, in my prayer life, in my worship life, in everything I do. I want to be obedient, Father God. I want you to be the one that leads me in every single step. Because I know that when you lead the way, I will not fall. I will not falter. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Help me, Father God, to respond to your love so that it's intimate, oh God. Father, we bless you. We give you praise, Lord. The one, oh God, who created, oh God, the mountains. You are the only one that deserves our praise. You are the only one that deserves our honor. You are the true friend that sticks closer than a brother. And today, Father, we return all our relationships back onto you and ask you to help us revamp those relationships so that they are strong, they are strengthened, and they are solid in you, O oh God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen and amen. I do trust that the Lord has ministered to you. If you were blessed by today's message, why not share it with a loved one? And as always, stay connected by visiting our website at www 
lwmi.org.uk. We hope you were blessed.